1 Peter chapter 1, verse 18. And it says in verse 18, For Christ also hath once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit. <laughs> Here in this verse, Jesus Christ suffered once for sins. He suffered one time in history for sin. Jesus, we know from Scripture, was made to be sin for us. And that place that he was made to be sin for us was when he was on the cross. Jesus tasted our sin. He tasted our death. He suffered in our place. It says in this particular verse, the just for the unjust, or we could say the righteous for the unrighteous. Jesus being that righteous one who had no sin, who did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth. Jesus was sinless. He came to earth as a man. He became man. He took on a body of flesh and blood. He was God manifest in the flesh. And Jesus walked on this earth and sin, uh, lived a sinless life. He was sinless in every way. He lived a totally sinless life. And he walked as a man and lived as a man in doing that. He was tempted in all points, the scripture says, like as we are, yet without sin. So he lived a sinless life in the face of temptation. So then he went to the cross, and on the cross, he was made to be our sin. He who knew no sin, 2 Corinthians 5 verse 21 says, He who knew no sin was made to be sin for us. Jesus was made to be sin in our place on that cross. He took our sin we know that he tasted our death according to Hebrews 2 and verse 9. Jesus tasted death for every man. And the reason he tasted our death and he died in our place is because the wages of sin or the penalty for sin was death. And so Jesus tasted our death. He took that penalty of death upon himself. He died on the cross for you. He died for us. He died for all of humanity. Every man's sin was paid for. Every woman's sin was paid for. Every person's sin was paid for. No matter how bad they had been, no matter what they had done, Jesus paid the full penalty, the full price, complete, total, complete price for all of humanity's sin. At one time in history, the price was paid. Once the price has been paid, then there is a resurrection. God justified Jesus. He declared him righteous, and in doing so, he was actually declared declaring us free from sin and its power. And so when Jesus was justified, Jesus was then raised from the dead. He was raised from death to life. In this particular verse, it says that he suffered for our sins once. He did it once and for all. That means all time and all humanity. That means everyone was included. No one was excluded. Everybody was included in the redemptive work of Jesus on the cross. When Jesus died, he died for all of humanity. Not one person was left out. Everybody was included because all had sinned and come short of the glory of God. But Jesus was made to be sin for all. Jesus was made to be your sin, my sin, and the whole world's sin in that time on the cross. And when he was made to be sin, he suffered for all sin, the just.
just for the unjust, the righteous for the unrighteous. So Jesus, he suffered for every unrighteous person, which was everyone, because all had sinned, and there was none righteous, no, not one. So Jesus suffered for every human being. He suffered our penalty, and he tasted our death, and so therefore God could declare him not guilty, and he could give him life again from the dead. God did everything legally, and when Jesus was justified, he could then be given life again, because really he was dealing with your sin, not his own because he had none of his own. He was made to be your sin and my sin. He was sinless before he was made sin, but when he became sin, then that penalty had to be paid, and once that penalty is paid, God declared not guilty. God in heaven, he struck the gavel on the heaven counter, and he said, Jesus is not guilty, but he was doing that for you and for me, and God declared us justified in the person of Jesus Christ. How does that affect your life? How does that affect my life? It affects my life and your life when we believe it, when we accept it, when we receive it. When you receive Jesus as your Lord by faith in Jesus Christ, by faith in the blood of Jesus, you're made right with God. You become a friend of God. Those who were enemies, those who were alienated from the life of God, those who were in darkness and without hope and without God in this world, thank God we could come to God. We could have access into the presence of God. In this verse again, Jesus died for our sins. He, he suffered for our sins, the just for the unjust. Why? That he might bring us to God. He might bring us back to God. He might reconcile us to the Father. That we would no longer be outside, so to speak. But we could come, instead of being outside of the camp, outside of the will of God, outside of the kingdom of God, in darkness without a covenant with God, we could come and access the presence of God. One translation says that you have entrance or you could enter the presence of God. The reason Jesus died, let me read it to you. The reason he suffered, it says that we, he might provide you with an entry into the presence of God. Another says he died to open the way to God for you. He opened the way. Remember in the temple when Jesus was on the cross, it says in the scripture that the veil in the temple was rent or torn from top to bottom. God just opened the way, the place that only the Holy of Holies, uh, that only the high priest could go with the blood of animals for the uh, sacrifice of the sin of the people. The only person that could go in was a high priest and they would do it year after year for the sins of the people. And so now God just tears that open and he says anybody can come. Whosoever will, let him come and take of the waters of life freely. Anybody can. Whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. This is a whosoever gospel because everybody was included in the crucifixion of Christ. Everybody was included in the sufferings of Christ. Everybody was included when Jesus died. He died for all. He died once and for all. For all time and everyone. Anybody can. Everybody won't, but somebody will. Somebody will say yes to Jesus. And by saying yes to Jesus, then you access the presence of God. And you pass from death unto life. Spiritual death is erased out of your 
Spirit, and spiritual life comes inside of you. You access the very presence of God. You come into the very immediate presence of God. How? By the blood of Jesus Christ. There's only one way to get to the Father. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. So there's only one way to access the presence of God. There's not another way. There's not a second or a third or a fourth or a fifth or a thousandth way. There is no other way. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. Why is he the only way? Because he's the only one that could make the way. He's the only one that could actually literally die for your sin and pay the penalty in full so that you could actually come to God and receive by faith in the blood of Jesus this access into the presence of God, this right relationship with God. Those who were enemies could now come and become friends, and you can be friends forever with the Father God. You don't have to be alienated from God. You don't have to be separated from God. That's what sin did in Adam. That's what sin did in the human race, and it brought destruction. It brought uh, devilish plots against your life, and people have been destroyed because of sin, but thank God, Jesus said, the thief came to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that you might have life, and that you might have it more abundantly. Jesus came not to kill, steal, and destroy, but the devil came to steal, kill, and destroy, but Jesus came to give us life. Life and life more abundantly. Life and life in overflowing measure. Life that comes from God himself. Life that Jesus brought to this earth. Life that he had when he walked on this earth. Life that he drained out of his spirit because he tasted your death. But then on the third day, there was a resurrection. God gave him life again. He was not just dying the death of a martyr. He was dying the death of a substitute and he substituted for you he substituted for me he took our place he suffered for our sin he suffered our death he paid the full price for our sin and the penalty was paid and God declared they're justified hallelujah when God declared they're justified then the Holy Spirit from heaven struck his spirit raised him from the dead and he stripped principalities and powers of their power over him and over the human race he came out victorious over death hell and the grave and he is a risen savior he is a risen lord and he is a king of kings he is the lord of lords he is the master of all he is the lord today hallelujah and when you believe on him when you confess jesus as lord the scripture says you are saved in other words you pass out of death into life you pass out of Satan's kingdom into God's kingdom, the kingdom of God's dear son. You're no longer alienated and separated from God. No, you're in the kingdom of God. You've drawn near to the presence of God. You've come and accessed the very presence of the Father himself. Hallelujah. If you ever taste of the 
presence of God. If you ever taste and see that the Lord is good, you want another taste. It's better than a fine restaurant. You've been there once, you want to go again. And what you experience on this earth is just an appetizer for heaven. Listen, what you get down here is just a taste of what you're going to get up there. So you might as well pull up to the table, friend, because God has a table spread for anybody that will believe. He said, I prepare a table before you he said even in the presence of your enemies listen when you access the presence of God and you taste of the goodness of God and how good God is you don't want to go anywhere else you don't want to run away from God like Adam did it said that Adam ran and he hid from God among the trees of the garden after he had sinned but you want to run to God because when you run to God there's restoration when you run to God there's healing. When you run to God, there's forgiveness. When you run to God, there's mercy. When you run to God, there's goodness. The goodness of God leads you to repentance. And the goodness of God is what you want to taste of every day of your life. Instead of what the devil is trying to do in your life or against your life, thank God you can come to Jesus and you can receive the mercy and the love of God. And the love of God will overmaster any work of darkness in your life. It'll swallow up any devilish plot against your life. It'll destroy him that had the power of death that tries to control and destroy your, your life physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. I'll tell you, God will set you free. Somebody ought to know in here that whom the Son has set free is free indeed. Could I get a witness in the place this morning that Jesus has set you free? I mean, Jesus has come into your heart and when Jesus comes in, the devil moves moves out. And when Jesus comes in, darkness goes out. When Jesus comes in, sickness goes out. When Jesus comes in, depression goes out. I'm telling you, when Jesus fills your heart, your soul, your mind, your body, your life, I'll tell you, the devil has to move out. Something good is in store for those who believe and trust in him. I said, something good is in store for those who believe and trust in him. God doesn't want to be your enemy. He wants to be your friend. While we were yet enemies, Christ died for us. While we were enemies, Jesus died for us. When we were against God, when we were hostile to God, when we cursed God, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. While we were sinners hostile to God, even hated God, some people, God loved them. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have this everlasting eternal life. Eternal life is God's gift to every man. Whosoever will, let him come. Everybody won't, but somebody will. How many somebodies do I have in the house? I mean, you have chosen Jesus. You've chosen life over death. You've chosen to serve him and to follow his plan and his purpose for your life. He says again in this verse, For Christ also hath once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but what? Quickened by the Spirit, made alive in the Spirit, quickened by the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, he 
gave a resurrection. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells on the inside of you, the scripture says in Romans 8. God has given you the Holy Spirit. On top of being born again, you have the spirit of the living God on the inside of you. The greater one indwells you. I'm telling you, you have been redeemed. You have been set free. Jesus has made you free. Can anybody shout amen in the room today? Whom the Son has set free is free. You are free. Somebody shout, I'm free. free. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 18. Verse 18 says, all things are of God. Who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and hath given to us a ministry of reconciliation to wit or to know that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing or counting their trespasses unto them, and hath committed to us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ's stead, be reconciled to God or receive this reconciliation. For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Now I'm going to read it to you out of the Amplified Bible in verse 18. But all things are from God who through Jesus Christ reconciled us to himself received us into favor, brought us into harmony with himself, and gave us a ministry of reconciliation, that by word and deed we might aim to bring others into harmony with him. It was God personally present in Christ, reconciling and restoring the world to favor with himself, not counting up and holding against men their trespasses, but canceling them. God was personally present in Christ, doing what? Reconciling and restoring the world to favor with himself. God was working in the person of Christ, Not counting up your sins to hold them against you, but counting up your sins to cancel them. Wow, how many could just say, if somebody was counting up all of your debt today, and they say, once I've counted it all up, I'm going to cancel it for you. How many would just go ahead and say, here's another one, here's another one, here's another one. And I want you to make sure you take it all in. Come on, because you want it all canceled out. I want you to know that that's what God did. He took all of your sin, my sin, the whole world's sin, and he said, I'm going to cancel it it all in one day. In the death and resurrection of Jesus, I'm going to cancel all of your sin. All of your sin will be erased. I'm going to wash it out by the power of the cross and the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. And when you believe on Jesus, God eradicates your sin. And what does he do? He gives you favor and friendship with him. Those who were enemies without God, without hope in the world, God makes you his very own friend. He gives you access into his presence, access into his 
immediate presence every day. Not just one time when you get saved, but every day. You can access the presence of God. You can taste it again and again. It's like a fine dining restaurant. You went there once. I want to go again. If it's a good restaurant, good way to find out if it's a good restaurant, check out how many cars are in the parking lot. (laughs) Amen. So, nobody there? Might not be the place to stop. All right. This is a good place. The kingdom of God is a good place. Many have accessed the presence of God. Many have found joy in the presence of God. Many have found satisfaction in the presence of God. Many have found a fulfillment in the presence of God. Multitudes have come into the kingdom of God and experienced the goodness of God. Follow them right in. Praise God. Just come on in to the kingdom of God. Whosoever will, let him come and take of the waters of life freely. God has offered us friendship with him and he wants to be your friend forever I said he wants to be your friend forever a friend the scripture talks about the uh, a real friend a friend it says loves at all times a friend loves at all times. A real true friend. Listen, God wants you to be in friendship with him. He has reconciled you, restored you into favor and friendship. One translation says God was in Christ hugging the world to himself. God was hugging the world. When we were alienated, he loved us anyway. He loved us. He proved his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He didn't wait for you to get all your ducks in a row, all your things uh, intact and everything was good. Okay, Jesus, I'm going to serve you now. No, he took you right when you were in sin, right in the pit. Come on, Jesus dug us out of the pit. He took us out of the pit. He took us out of the dark place. He took us out of depression. He took us out of sickness and disease and sin and the things that were destroying our lives. Jesus just reached down and picked us up. How many can say God is a good God? If you could have done it on your own, he wouldn't have needed to, but you couldn't, so he did. He went to the cross, and he suffered loss, and he suffered for your sin and tasted death so that he could reach down into the pit wherever you're at in life, and he could pick you up, and he could clean you up, and he could transform your life. Thank God. Joseph got thrown in the pit, but he came out of the pit. God's not afraid of your pit. He'll go right in there, but he doesn't go in there to stay and have a pity party. No, he goes in there to lift you out of your pit lift you out of your dilemma lift you out of your struggle lift you out of the challenges of life he went into the lion's den and shut the mouths of the lions and Daniel came out praise God forever he'll go into the fire with you if necessary why because he's a friend that sticks closer than a brother in other words he's that kind of friend that he speaks of in in, uh, Hebrews it said I I will never leave you nor forsake you. I say he's the kind of friend that'll stay with you through thick and thin. He will go through the fire, praise God. Like the Hebrew boys that said Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego got thrown into the fire. It was seven times hotter, but there was a fourth man that was in that fire. One likened to the Son of God. In other words, God will go right into the fire and bring you out. He'll go right into the pit and bring you out. He'll go right 
into the, uh, to the den of lions and he'll bring you out. When the devil is trying to destroy your life, God will reach down right in the middle of your challenge. He'll pick you up and he'll lift you up and he'll give you life and he'll give you life more abundantly and he'll tell you there's a life worth living. There's a life worth living well and giving your whole life to Jesus Christ and following him with everything you got. Praise God. And he laid down his all for you and I would urge you today to lay down your all for him because if you'll lay down your all for him you will not regret it. You will not be disappointed. He said I'll never leave you. Somebody may have forsaken you. Somebody may have left you and most people Somebody has left you. But I'll tell you what, Jesus will never leave you. Paul said one time, he said, all men forsook me. He said, but the Lord stood with me. If everybody forsook you, if you got the Lord on your side, you're going to make it. Hallelujah. I said, if everybody forsook you and you got the Lord on your side, you're going to make it. Somebody say, I'm going to make it. So Jesus said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you so that we may what? Boldly say, the Lord is my helper. So Jesus is a friend that'll stick closer than a brother. Jesus is a friend that'll love you at all times, in your down times, in your up times, in your good times, in your bad times, in your prosperous times, in your not-so-prosperous times. He'll be your friend. You know, some, some people will be your friend when you're prospering, but you can't find them when you need some help. There, some people will be your friend when everything's going well and happy and all is good at your house, but you can't find them uh, when when you really need something in your life because of the pain and the uh, challenges that you're going through. But I'm telling you, there's one that'll stick with you. Jesus will never leave you. He'll never, never forsake you. So that what? You may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. I will not Fear what man shall do unto me. In other words, you don't have to be afraid of tomorrow because Jesus is with you. You don't have to be afraid of next week because Jesus is with you. You don't have to be afraid if this world is going to pass away. It is. Oh. Because you're going to be gone and it won't matter. Hallelujah. So you won't even be here. Because you're going to be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. Glory to God. Jesus is Lord. You don't have to be afraid of your eternity because you know you're going to spend your eternity in heaven. You don't even have to fear death, the last enemy that shall be put underfoot. Why? Because you know where you're going. You know that you're going to leave your body and you're going to go right into the realm of the Spirit in heaven and you're going to spend your eternity in the presence of God. Why? Jesus suffered once for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God. He did that so that we could come to him come to him here and now that we could enjoy life here that we could enjoy his blessing here we could enjoy his goodness here but he did it also so that we could enjoy the eternal blessing of heaven in the presence of God forever when Jesus blows that trumpet when the trumpet shall sound I know where I'm going I don't have to wonder I don't have to wonder if I'm going up or down I know where I'm going I'm going to heaven 
heaven. Heaven is my eternal home. Anybody can have that hope. Anybody can know in their spirit, know in their heart that they are saved, that they're a child of God. They can know that God is their father. They can know that God is their forever friend, that he's going to be there for them no matter what they face, and he's going to be there waiting for them, for he will say, well done, good and faithful servant. I'm telling you, you can enjoy life and peace right now, and you can enjoy life forever in the presence of God. I would urge you to taste and see that the Lord is good every day of your life, and throughout eternity, you can experience the goodness of God, the blessing of the Lord on your spirit, soul, and body here, and on your spirit there. God is good. Thank you for joining us at Word of Life Christian Center, where we seek to move upward in prayer and worship, inward in discipleship, and outward in evangelism. We are so excited that you decided to connect with what God is doing here. And if you want to learn more, go to wordoflifelv.com.